Welcome to The Disruptors, the podcast about the future of all of us, where we look at the technologies, trends, and societal norms shaping our collective future. Here, the world's top minds share their insights and predictions on the convergence, direction, and ethics of exponential technologies transforming life as we know it. You can learn more and stay up to date at disruptors.fm. Mermani Press presents Neanderthal King by Matt Ward. More information on the author at mattwardwrites.com. You can purchase Neanderthal King in its entirety or download the entire audio masterpiece free with a free trial of Audible at neanderthalking.com. Want to follow along with Merrillick's adventure? For a limited time, Grab your free illustrated map of Tarkal and the Six Kingdoms of Septum by visiting mattwardwrites.com slash map. Again, that's M-A-T-T-W-A-R-D-W-R-I-T-E-S dot com slash M-A-P. But now, let's get on with the adventure. Chapter 7. The Mangy Dog Boren and William were in the middle of a heated debate when I hit the landing. Boren was pacing. Of course we ought to arm the tall. That's just good business. And if Isaac finds out, William snapped, face redder than I'd ever seen. Besides, you'd support tall. Why not? William shook his head. Trade's one thing, but weapons. Weapons to kill sap soldiers? Boren rolled his eyes before his gaze met mine. Must have read my face. Seemed to always know what I was thinking. We'll talk later. Merrilek, what is it? I told him and his jaw tightened. We must deal with this, brother. Not like we can go to the sheriff. And how do you suggest we deal with it, dear brother? Wasn't it obvious? What about a trap, I suggested. Haven't you ever hunted? Both looked at me, bewildered. Even O'Danick's brow furrowed. "'What'd you have in mind?' Boren asked. I outlined the beginnings of a plan, same as we'd done so oft with the foxes and badgers, and that Boren had done with our damned chess games. "'We need more men. Some real brawlers.' Boren and William added their two beads, and we all hurried off. Boren and I headed to the docks where an army of brown-faced Indians and tall slaves were unloading crates from the Eastern Star while guards herded more of my chained brothers up another ramp into the hull. East Case Gaul's slave trade was alive and well. With all the bodies, there must be the good stuff in those crates. Cinnamon, ginger, maybe pepper. My stomach rumbled, but I'd deal with that later. Boren waved to a curly blonde further down the wharf who'd sailed with us from Boot. Brom, I think. The wiry man with the scar under his crooked right eye strode towards us. I'm in need of a couple of lads who can handle rough stuff this night or morrow, Boren said. You in? Double the usual rate. Brom's face lit up and he nodded. How many? Least four, I answered without thinking. Sunset. Brom's eyes narrowed as he eyed me, but Boren nodded his assent. Okay, Brom said at last after a weighty pause. 
wasn't used to taking orders from a slave, or worse, at all. After he ran off, Boren grabbed my shoulder. Be careful how you talk around here, boy. I smiled but said nothing. He must be getting to know me better. Not well enough. Hold my tongue for my betters? As if. I smiled as we headed home. Quite a day. At the corner of Proper and Main, a crazed, tall fortune teller, wearing what was once a gown, sprang into the street and wrenched my arm. I flung the mad broad off me, and I drew my dagger. My child, she cackled, turquoise eyes sparkling. It's true. The rotic prophecies, my Doror, you live. Confused, I took a step back. Something about her struck me as distinctly evil and familiar. Chicken skinned down my arms as Boren grabbed my shoulder. He had his knife out as well. The wretch made to touch me, but I recoiled from her curling fingertips. The people await, she began. Shut up, crow. I turned away, hurrying before I killed the hag. Hard hammering, brain wheels fogged and flailing, Boren followed and we turned down the first side street we found. Isaac's times are numbered, the witch shrieked. The shrill voice echoed the alley and sent tingles through my spine as we hurried away. Neither of us said anything until we reached our street. I'd calmed, breathing back to normal, but Boren seemed more scatterbrained than usual. Two wrong turns. I didn't say anything. A bond was forming. But he was still my master. Better to keep up his illusion of superiority. Could be useful. Then again, he always saw right through me. We passed the bakers, and he started humming to himself. The old Dreis tune. The potato famine of 503 SD. The sheep in the storm? I asked as he finished the second. He nodded, surprised. You know it? Of course. Have you been to the Isles? Once, long ago. Boren's eyes glimmered, faraway adventure, a touch of regret, too, something deep within. A woman? His eyes narrowed. You a mystic now? He brushed it off. Yeah, alas. Mighty wild one at that. A sigh. It's a long story. He'd been based in a cage ten passings ago, and worked with the Doror of the Dry's master shipbuilders. And the girl? Boren nodded. The girl. She'd been a sap slave at Yurak, working the kitchens of a clansman of the Doror. Best rabbit pie you'll ever eat, hence the love of meat pies. Another sigh. I didn't have the beads to buy her freedom then. Will and I were just getting started. Two hard heads with big dreams and little else. He shrugged. I didn't say anything. It was the same kind of helpless I'd felt as Jaelic lay dying, spilling out and not a thing I could do about it. Not even Oren's foolish followers said the world was fair. Keep that between us, he added with a hard stare. Fine by me. Long as you don't go all flowery on me, I added with a grin. We both laughed, until I noticed the charred wolf on my hand. The mood died after that.
We met at the mangy dog for a quick meal of fish head stew and ale, and set off a little after sunset. Boren and I went east, while the others prepared the ambush. After twenty paces of quickening darkness, a tail. I could make out his face, but something about the way he carried his heft told me it was the same guy. I bumped Boren, the prearranged signal, and we turned at the mason's shop. Another left by the tailor, and we were nearly there. Any moment now. Kept walking, past the butcher, the thatcher, and the sky-blue painters. Nothing, and the rogues were gaining on us. Had something happened? Fingers twitching as I longed to snatch my dagger, but I couldn't, not without alerting our pursuer. The sliver of a moon fell behind a heavy shadow. I tensed, back arching as footsteps approached. Three sets. Boren fidgeted, and the thieves sprang. I spun, grabbing my dagger. Boren did likewise as a body slammed into him, slashed the first hooded attacker, and onto the second before his lackey had crumpled to the dirt. He swung a knuckled club, which I dodged, dropping him with a right fist just as a rod smashed my back. Boren stabbed the man. Luckily, the attacker spun and sent Boren's blade flying. Ought to have finished me when he had the chance. I tackled the brute and cracked his head on the cobblestone twice. Once more, to be sure. Blood everywhere, hands dripping in gore and glory. Felt for a pulse, but the bastard was gone. I seized the injured thug before he could escape, held him in a crushing grip as I questioned him. Who are you? What do you want? Boren had recovered by now and stepped closer, glowering. The man glared back, but there was no spark of recognition in his empty eyes. Nothing to say it was anything more than a failing mugging. Yet where were the others? Something must have befallen them. We ought to get back to the house, Boren said, as if reading my mind. The man made to protest, so I knocked the scoundrel out and slung him over my shoulder. We didn't have time, and hustled back to avoid the sheriff. Boren fumbled with the many locks before forcing the door open and slamming it shut behind us. Locked it at once as our panting subsided. But the house was empty. No William or Odanic. I tossed the low life into an armchair and Boren smacked the young lad with the mason's build. Who are you? He'd retrieved his dagger and pressed it to the man's scruffy neck. Widening eyes as the man recoiled. I ain't have nothing to do with it. Just a job. I don't know nothing. Who hired you? Boren held up his hand to smack him again. And why? Don't know the bitch's name. I swear. She... She, I cut in, must be a tall. No sap, woman. Yeah, she. He gestured at me. Like him, but lighter brown hair, less of a chin, and black eyes that made me insides crawl. He grimaced as he said it. Sounds like a suthic, all right, Boren said, as I tied the prisoner's hands to the chair. Broad's been horning in on our roots for passings. He paused, thinking. How much did she pay you? And what's your bloody name? Name's Terran. Terran Cooperman. So, not a mason. A coppersmith? 
No wonder he needed the work. Wasn't every day someone commissioned a bell. Two hundred beads to off the both of you, Terran said in a hushed voice, embarrassed, scared. Only two hundred, Boren asked. I'd have hoped for more. Merilek, get the sheriff. Tell him to ready the gallows for a swinging. Attempted murder, eh? Or we could kill him now. Say it was self-defence. Actually, I like that better. He twisted the blade between his fingertips, and Terran's eyes bugged. Actual tears. Wait, wait, sire. I mean... Boren stepped forward. Eyes crazed. I leapt into Boren's path. He couldn't kill a defenceless man. A casual wink only I could see as he thrust me aside. Let's get on with it. He twisted his dagger and nicked Terran's neck. From pale to bone white, a drizzle down the man's trousers as he whimpered. I'll tell you anything you want to know. Anything. Boren smiled tucked his dagger back into his belt and patted the man's neck. You work for us now, boy. Tell me everything, and I mean everything. You're to keep eyes on Suthik, keep us informed of her movements. Another wink. This time I got it. He'd never meant to kill the lad. Oh, fine, Terran quivered as he told us everything. A bang at the door as his tail ended. We all spun to the scratching lock, reached for our weapons. A faint click. Another. The door opened and William and O'Danick appeared, covered in shock, fear. A gasp escaped William's lips. Something was wrong. Today's episode is brought to you by WellAware. Master the nine cybersecurity habits to protect your future. Right now, that's a huge deal. I literally just had my website hacked. And well, American unemployment is unprecedented. There's a huge job shortage, 3.5 million cybersecurity rules needed by 2021. There's so many people outside of the skills gap and we need to supplement this. Critical, critical support because cybersecurity is the battleground of the future. And it's a huge opportunity for individuals, employees, technology companies, human resource listeners, because everyone needs to take this seriously, especially as the fines start to build up and we really start to take the backbone of our infrastructure more seriously. Anyone looking to make a career shift or enhance their resume can start now with some non-technical cybersecurity habits to create a competitive edge. A new tool by George Finney, the Chief Information Security Officer at the Southern Methodist University. He's a notable expert on cybersecurity, helping individuals and businesses navigate various technologies in this ever-changing world. If you're interested in upping your cybersecurity skills, and learning maybe a thing or two you can use on the job, possibly change your career in the process. Order your copy of Well Aware, Master the Nine Cybersecurity Habits to Protect Your Future at all major retailers like Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Or you can visit wellawaresecurity.com to learn more. And now let's get back to the episode. Chapter 8. Fatted and Slaughtered You're here. We were worried, William said between heaved panting. I hurried to the entrance. Where are the others? Peered out somber windows. Not a trace of light in the murky abyss. William took a seat by the weak fire and recounted what happened. 
We were by Molly's when they struck. Must have been eight or nine, armed to the tooth. Bastards fell on us without mercy. Brom and the others, they didn't make it. They... A crippling pause before William burst out laughing. <laughs> you ought to see your faces. Like you've seen a spirit or witchery. All's well. They're home safe in their beds. What happened to you two? We figured the ninnies were chicken-footed and ran. Boren forced a cold, fake laugh. Are you kidding me, brother? After all this? A ferocious glare at which point I took over the tail. In time, Boren's huffing slowed. Face returned to normal. Only his shoulders remained strained as rotten tension clouded the air. He still hadn't said a word or looked at William, who, after a half-dozen fiery warnings, sent Terran on his way to report back nightly. The lad had left at a run, and talk turned to the morrow. The brothers planned to spend the day discussing various trades and lettering for their contacts. Duller than thatching, and piss all for Odanic and I to do. I asked about Doric. Ever consider me apprenticing with him? I'd be more valuable for you lot. William grinned. Was all about knowing the right strings to jerk, and his greedy smile told all. Great idea. If we could halve Doric's rates. Shite. Hadn't expected that. The next morn I headed to see the smith bright and early. Boren had set him up in a retired smithy, a few roundabouts away between the cutler and the mason. I rounded the corner to a double take. Other smiths as well? Saps? And where was Doric? Dirtied my boots on a dead rat in my haste before walking into the clamouring shop, past burly men and hard breathing. Doric was out the back, examining a set of dark iron whinny shoes. He wore a hefty brown robe and leathered fingerless gloves, and was guiding a silk-skinned smith with shoulders that hadn't smithed a day. See here, Doric pointed to the outer edge. How the heel cork meets the shank, so mounts can cover greater distances a day. Ah, Merilek, come here, lad. I sidestepped the busy anvils. Merilek, meet Adam. Boren hired a few lads to speed the contract. Adam's finishing a small shoeing commission for Isaac's cavalry. We said our good days and Doric sent him off. Praise somebody's God you're here. Boren hired bloody saps. Sure, they've a mind for it, but nothing beats a tall touch. My stomach tightened. Didn't want to tell him I'd never smithed, but he'd notice. Was better off coming straight out. Hesitated. Ah, uh, I'm... I'm a bit green, actually. Doric nodded. I know. I'll venture a guess. They have me teach you so you can replace me one day, right? Didn't want to lie, but couldn't break their trust either. I bit my lip, and Doric smiled. It's all right, lad. Think they're so clever. But deal with enough saps and you get the picture. Even hogs hide after enough friends have been fatted and slaughtered. Careful with that, especially with folks like Boren. But enough mischievery. Let's get on with it. He led me to an unmanned anvil 
and selected a few of the smaller hammers, demonstrated what to do. Flushing humiliation as I talked the first shoe all wrong. Tried again. Similar rubbish. And all the other smiths were experienced. With little more than an occasional eye, Doric kept the men banging out swords at a mighty pace, adjusting grip here, pulling a quenching blade there. He controlled everything with a master's artistry, a playwright's lofty ease, all the while explaining details, sharing his tale, and cracking the occasional shiter of a jest. I'd spend every day in the smithy if I could. It was peaceful, something about the controlled chaos and craftsmanship of the shop, of turning raw iron and forging steel into weapons of war. These lads were the gods of war. I wanted that, felt it in my bones. It was darkening and stormy when I prepared to leave, everyone else gone. I was getting there on my latest blade and hadn't noticed a thing. Will you be back? Doric asked as he hung the remaining hammers and returned things to their right place. Good question. Soon, I hope. I let the obvious go unsaid, and his lack of retort told me he understood. As we were finishing the last of the tidying, a thought hit me. Said you were there? When the Dororic Oric fell? At the Redrack, I mean? Why? A fire-turning tail danced in his warm eyes as he smiled. I was only ten and my master brought me. Held my tongue, hoping for more, needing to know, craving a vaunted telling. But that was that. Didn't say another word, and I left, hands tingling with anticipation, of next I held a hammer. My ears rang, heart pounded. A God's great day. Past the bathhouse, face to face with fiending witchery. The horrible woman, her eyes bulging as her red lips quivered. Ah, Merilek, bringer of death. Sod off, creeping chicken skin as I pushed past her. Ragged fingernails clawed my exposed arms, and I shoved the wench to the earth. Ran, a raven-pitched laugh cackling after me as I hurried away. Bringer of pain and sorrow and war faster as my chest thumped and queer unease poisoned my veins until our street. Then things were quieter. I knocked and a jittery barn opened the door. How was it? A well done day. I told him everything. When I'd finished, he nodded. Good, good. The bird from Isaac's quartermaster sounded urgent. Wanted rushed terms. Did Doric give you any updates? I shook my head and surveyed the empty home. Where'd the others go? Late to be out, things considered. Who knows, Boren huffed. Some late shipment from the east. He sounded mad. William's off to dig up what he can. Damn pirates. Why'd it have to be our ship? Ensure would cover it, of course, Yet still, he fumed, and conversation stalled. Without warning, Boren glanced at the door. Have you noticed anything off with William lately? A touch suspicious? 
A touch suspicious? No, why? Boren shrugged. Don't know. My tug's telling me something's not quite so. He's been acting oddish. Has he said anything? Shook my head, and Boren's brow furrowed. Well, keep eyes out. But don't say nothing. It's probably nothing, and I don't want to cause trouble. But that tug in my belly, it's almost always right. Course, I knew the feeling. That itchy witchery somehow just knew. Thanks, Merrilek. A knock, and Boren jumped half to Akash. It opened. William and Odanik. My skin prickled. What had they been up to? Was there a thing? Chapter 9 The Princess Awakens After supper was a lazy affair, and try though I might, I couldn't get either to tell me where they'd been without right out asking. And as always, William talked our ears to an early earthing. It was amazing, though, for such a busy talker. He said nothing. Careful with words, and sharp as tit. I'd have to practice my wordsmithery. Terran showed up after dusk with nothing new to report, and left soon after. The next day was like any other. Odanik and I got up at sunrise, Boren an hour later, and William, well, William got up when he pleased. A goose shoot of a guess from sunrise to midday, like it depended on a die thrown. Boren and I had run to the butcher, visited the baker, and brashenly flirted, at least Boren had, with Rob Taylor's daughter by the time William emerged. He'd been burning the tallow, crunching figures and ripping out his hair. The abacus had that effect on people. Twice the brothers near came to blows over the positions of a red button. A pricey inkpot had spilled too, souring another night. The princess awakens, Boren snapped when William reached the bottom of the stairs. He rolled his eyes. We don't need the contract. They're tall, we agreed. You saw the figures. You know as well as... William raised his hand to cut Boren off and turned to his customary bowl of steaming porridge Odanik had prepared. A touch of cinnamon, leftover rabbit, fowl or cheese and a swish of fresh cow's milk stirred clockwise to ward off spirits. William raised the chunky spoon to his lips without acknowledging his brother, a right heady gesture of defiance. So this was what Boren was on about. Sure enough, Boren gritted his teeth but surprisingly said nothing. Looked as if William would again get the last word. I caught Odanik's eye and gestured outside. She followed into the chilly morn. Have you noticed oddities with William? I asked. No, why? I told her about Boren, that he was worried about William, and her eyes flashed realisation. Well, he's checking his shoulder a lot, always fearing pursuers, but might be the whole sutic thing. Been a fidgety bitch as well, always moving. Made sense. That it? She thought about it, tapped her head to clear the wheels and opened her mouth. I near forgot. He met with Brom a couple days ago. 
and some others day after, but I couldn't hear what they said. Made me wait at the door. Interesting. What do you want with Brom? Probably just shoring up crews. Maybe. Boren would want to know either way. Was about to say more when William opened the door. Are you ready, O'Danick? he asked. A nod, and they left. Boren and I hung around a few hours. He wrote several letters and had me bring the sealed scrolls to contacts around the city. I knew most, but a few, like Simon Hunter and the one-eyed bowstringer, I had to hunt down. A slog of a morn. By midday I was famished. The others returned home for Knack as well. They secured transport for Isaac's blades. Once Doric got his arse going and finished them, and William had taken a line of credit with Indian bankers. Knack was a quiet but tasty affair of winnie roast and hard ale. We all needed it, Boren especially. Bloodshot eyes and a queasy face said scarce a word and wouldn't look at his brother, save the occasional fleeting glare. That afternoon they sent me to the smithy while William and O'Danick headed to the docks. Boren stayed home. I was wading through a polished delegation of islander shipwrights when there was a yell. In the square, a crowd had gathered around a pair of chiseled, tall trading blows and blocking traffic. People shoved and clamoured for a better view. A blistery man to the side holding three fingers to signal the odds. I stopped to watch. It had been ages since my last good brawl, even just as an honoured observer. My fingers trembled, heart racing. The bearded brutes were well matched, circling with vicious concentration, fearless rage. Wondered who'd started it. Was about to ask until someone yelled, Think you're tougher than us, and heaved a stone at them. Another. Soon rocks flew as the sporting fight turned bloody, barbaric. A cord apple struck the blonde's head. He faltered as the sap crowd surged, rushing the fighters. Screaming and roars as angry blows rained crushed the men. Stomping cheers as I stood transfixed, heart shaking. It's our land now, a man cried. Both fighters were gone. Fury and sadness. That feeling that wasn't fear. Couldn't be. A true tall was never scared. Uncertainty, maybe. Head spinning as I stepped toward the crowd. I ought to help them. Someone snatched my arm. Where do you think you're going? Spun, bracing myself for the blow. You have been listening to Neanderthal King by Matt Ward. For more information on purchasing the complete epic fantasy adventure, or to download the entire audio masterpiece free with a free trial of Audible, visit neanderthalking.com. Be the change you want to see in the world. That's something I strive towards and fail towards every single day. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you think the world could benefit from conversations like this, the greatest compliment you can give us is referring to the disruptors to a friend or talking about us on social media. Please take 30 seconds to do so. It would mean the world to us. And if we're lucky, help us build towards a better world. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for helping us spread the message and have a great day. 
If you want more of The Disruptors, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or go to disruptors.fm, where you'll find tons of audio and video interview stories with leaders in the fields of genetics, cryptocurrency, longevity, AI, space, VR, and much, much more. You can also follow me on Twitter at MattWardIO. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a quick review on iTunes at disruptors.fm slash iTunes to help more people discover the podcast and help us make a bigger impact.